you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Meet your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Hall of Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, as well as our man, Graham Barfield, which, Graham, welcome back. You were on, like, death's door last week, man. I was on the sofa for five days, didn't move, uh, had a terrible sinus infection, still a little nasally in the voice, and you might hear me <laughs> at some point in the show, but I'm feeling much better. Not Good. for nothing, though, because I think the NFL is trying to get us all sick. Because our newsroom this morning, like I get it, great game last night in Chicago. It doesn't need to be that cold in our newsroom. And then the studio this morning, I mean, it had to be maybe 55 degrees in there. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, like mean, they're trying to grow reindeer or well, something around no, here. It makes sense, right? Because, you know, you know that the, that, that the playoffs are coming, Super Bowl's coming. So you want all your people to get sick and rest up now. <laughs> Is that it? You don't want them to be sick yeah. Super Bowl week. You know, <laughs> I, so they, they get it out of the way. I may or may not have seen icicles coming out of the sink in the kitchen this morning. I'm it, serious, dude. Wouldn't doubt it. Would not doubt it. Yeah. It's, it's freezing in that newsroom lately. Yeah, uh, behind the glass, well, hopefully it's a little bit warmer. As always, our producer, senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, what's up? Yeah, I, thanks for the heads up now that I know it's cold. I'll avoid that room the rest of the day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, do that. I got to say, like, I mean, fantasy is so, I mean, I'm good the whole season. Lose now in the playoffs. Like, my team, the Giants stink most of the year. They're scoring, they score 30 points against the Bears. The Rams can only score six. The NFL makes no sense. Fantasy makes no sense. So yeah. that's hey, where I'm at. This you can go day. ahead and use that L word if you want. A lot of luck involved. There, there is. Huh. There is. It is what it is. It seems that way. There is. There yep. absolutely is. Yep. Uh, we got lots to talk about. Uh, it was a weird week 14. We'll go through the good, the bad, and the weird of it. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of weigh on, weigh in on what we think was the best, worst, and weirdest of the week. Also, our playoff week two look ahead with who could be the hero and who could be the villain. Of course, uh, Monday morning, which is always sadder when you get to fantasy playoff time, too. Yeah. So we'll get some of your tweets there and then uh, some of your mailbag questions as well. But first, let's do some news. Let's hear the news. 
Ravens. Tyreek Hill left the game on Sunday against the Ravens with a foot injury. He did come back later in the game, but uh, afterwards told Peter King of the Monday morning quarterback, or formerly of Monday morning quarterback fame, I guess, that uh, the injured foot is, quote, bad. Now, Fabs, this, this is terrible news at a time when fantasy folks have gotten lots of terrible news. We talked about all the, the running backs who were injured, you know, Emmanuel Sanders lost for the year. Yep. Now to potentially lose Tyreek Hill or at least have Tyreek Hill at less than 100% right now is is more bad. I mean, it was good to see him play through it, but they've got a short week. Mm -hmm. You've got the lightning bolts this week on Thursday Night Football, which should be a hell of a game. Um, I know Marcus, he's going to be picking up Kelvin Benjamin in all of his leagues this week. Uh, Yeah, no. All of them. (laughs) No, not even. But it is bad news. And for those of you who get to week 16 and for some reason, maybe some play in week 17. I'll never know why. Don't let friends play week 17. You would think Tyreek Hill, assuming the Chiefs have uh, sort of clinched everything, will be resting some of their players. So Tyreek Hill could be on that list, depending on how serious this foot injury actually is. I mean, but I mean, real talk, though. I mean, I laugh, kind of joke about Kelvin Benjamin, what have you. But Graham, I mean, Chris Conley is kind of a name maybe to keep in your back pocket, I would think, this week. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think Sammy Watkins, obviously, is going to probably miss the rest of the regular season yeah, dealing with this up. foot injury. It's kind of crazy to think Conley could walk into week 15 and be their lead right. boundary <laughs> receiver, but that's kind of what we're looking at. I mean, mm-hmm. still, even without Sammy Watkins, I mean, Tyreek Hill has just been on a tear. He has 10, 14, 6, and 14 targets. In his last four games, obviously, had the one weird one for 13 bad game, you know, uh, two weeks ago, but still, I mean, yeah. he's just been... That cost me a playoff spot. <laughs> he has just been shredding without Sammy Watkins. Obviously, would be huge if he missed week 15, but... Right. Yeah, especially in a game. Well, obviously for the Chiefs, obviously it's a big deal because this is a game that has a lot to do with the AFC West. For fantasy folks, it's a game that potentially could be very high scoring. So to not have Tyreek Hill there is going to be bad. It, yeah, yep. interestingly, like this could decide the first round buy in the AFC now. Yeah, because yeah. yesterday Houston, if Houston would have beat Indy, they would have been in the running for that still be in the running for that first round by now the Chiefs and Chargers are right there so, yeah, the one Ch- two the Chiefs right now are, are in that one spot uh, the Patriots losing you know they're, they're not out of it but it certainly makes it a little more difficult that was crazy too uh, that was wild the way they lost that football that, game that that Sunday of football was a reminder of why we all love the NFL especially yeah. if you're a Cowboys fan yeah yeah how about the Cowboys ah uh, here we go that game was nuts though I mean, like, even if you're just a football fan, Mm -hmm. the second half with Dak, the ups, the downs, the interceptions, the long touchdown throws, the flags, the refs. Oh, we will. uh, All of it. And we'll get to some of that because Amari Cooper went went ballistic. Uh, Elsewhere, LaShawn McCoy left yesterday's game for the Bills with an injured hamstring. The reports right now are that he is day to day. Um I mean, Graham, does this matter? Because Josh Allen obviously is the RB1 there in Buffalo, right? So they don't even need LaShawn McCoy now. <laughs> yeah, meh. Whatever. Like, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, look, Josh Allen is averaging 7.4 yards per carry. It's insane. I mean, it, look, it, I I don't really know what to do. I mean, at this point, for fantasy, we just kind of have to take and the rushing got, numbers and, and be he's happy got with Detroit. it. But. He's had 335 rushing yards in his last three games. That's the most by a quarterback in a three-game stretch since 1970. And, I mean, you look at this. He had three turnovers yesterday, and he still scored 20 points. Yeah. Running quarterbacks, my friends. I've been preaching it for years. It's just it's so weird because I, I tweeted yesterday that, you know, I tweeted a, a meme of a skeleton on a bench saying that's me waiting for the rushing regression to hit. 
uh, for Josh Allen. That's and true. and you know Benjamin Solak on Twitter, who does stuff for Draft Network, actually responded with what I thought was actually a really smart point. It's not so much that rushing regression will hit. It's that at some point, defenses are going to say, hey, maybe we just don't let this guy run all over. Well, what was bizarre yesterday is is the Jets didn't even commit a spy on some of those plays. I mean, there was nobody right. in the middle of the field, and Allen was just just gashing them. I mean, he averaged, he averaged like 11 yards per carry in week 14. I mean, it's so bizarre because he's only completing 50% of his passes. Yeah, he's as a thrown passer. four picks. Mm-hmm. He has five sacks in the last three games. Like, as a passer, he's been abysmal. Right, yeah. But for fantasy, because he's rushing for nearly 100 yards right. on the score every game, we're just... And, and, yeah, in fantasy, you put up good rushing totals and it sort of covers up your your deficiencies as a passer. So I'm just, I'm waiting for the defensive coordinator to say, hey, maybe we should just with a spy in the middle of the field and not let this guy just run all over us. Uh, if that, and if, and when that happens then suddenly maybe it's a, a different ball game for, for Josh Allen. And uh, you know, maybe that means more LaShawn McCoy, if he gets healthy and back on the field, if their quarterback's not running, somebody's got to run. Well, I mean, you probably be looking at Chris Ivory as a waiver wire ad. Um, he led the backfield in touches yesterday, but uh it's an uninspiring one. It is very uninspiring. Yes. yes. Uh, a little bit more inspiring, at least as the running back situation for the L.A. Chargers. Austin Eckler did suffer a stinger yesterday. Had a very good first half. Was kind of meh in the second half, but he had done a lot of his damage early. But there's always a chance that Melvin Gordon comes back for Thursday night football. Uh, Fabs, I guess this means, though, that we're keeping an eye on Austin Eckler because if he doesn't go, it's Justin Jackson. If not, I mean, this is one I think we're going to have to monitor all week. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, I'd kind of be surprised if Gordon came back. I mean, obviously, it is a big game, but they want to have him at 100 percent for the playoffs because that's what's most important uh, for the Bolts. But Eckler with the stinger, Justin Jackson was a big bust. A lot of yeah, people out there ha- not much liked him to sort of take over the Gordon role and Eckler would fall back into the Eckler role. And uh, unfortunately for those who did not uh, play Eckler or started Justin Jackson, uh, the opposite was true. And Eckler went out and had a big, big game. I can't remember uh, a, a defense that has been this bad week in and week out against one position like the Bengals are against running backs. If you start a if you start a running back against the Bengals, every you're guaranteed to get a nice stat line. Gear Roan Teed. And uh anybody who started Eckler in that game was was probably very glad to do it because he helped you get to the next round of the playoffs. I'm looking so uh so, that, I know. so and Marcus so, is so, like, wait a minute, who's playing So does this mean we're all in on Doug Martin this week? Yes. All right. And you know who they play the following week? Oh they play the Browns, so it's Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb. So Nick uh, Chubb. Yeah, that's, yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll I, start Doug Martin. I do think the one reason that you may see Melvin Gordon back is because I mean they, they kinda, could tie. Yeah. I, I mean look, this is a humongous game. They could they could Theoretically, for as good as the Chiefs have been, for as ridiculous as Patrick Mahomes is, right. for the fact he might even break the single-season touchdown record, the Chargers could still be the number one they seed. They could still be in the one seed. It's like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Melvin Gordon comes back to play. Uh, finally, Washington benches Mark Sanchez. He was awful. The team was awful. They got blown out. Josh, uh, jo- uh, Josh Johnson. I'll remember it. I'll get it right. Uh, uh, he, it. <laughs> he comes in. And yeah, you know, he rallies them. And he scores a couple of touchdowns late. He ends up as as we sit here right now. He is the QB three. It's ridiculous. And he is projected to be the starter again next week. Don't even ask. I was gonna say like, don't even ask. Two QB <laughs> leagues, like two QB leagues, maybe you know for the the DFS minded. Do you consider it? 
Maybe against Jacksonville, and I get it. The Jaguars' defense hasn't been all that good this season, but that is yeah. That's Derrick Henry. That is bold, man. I know that is bold. Josh it Johnson, really is. Josh Johnson, the number one overall pick in the AAF. That's right. <laughs> I, was like, I, I said yesterday, the AAF is already developing NFL players, man. <laughs> Do they have fantasy football leagues they, for that? They haven't even played an actual game, and they're already sending guys to the NFL. So good for them. Uh, so there it is. Uh, yeah. So chances are you are probably not taking a shot at Josh Johnson, but you know, I'm there's sure. not a Redskin that you yeah, can trust. That that's that's there's basically none, it is, especially Jordan Reed. I mean, it took 14 it's a, weeks right? for him to get hurt. Right? So I mean, he got this, hurt? Is, this is crazy. It's been the healthiest season he's ever been. It's been his worst season in terms of production. But yeah, there's not a Redskin I want right now. Mm-mm. It's such a nope. it's such a, uh, a it's such a dilemma for Jordan Reed. It's like I could I could be productive but injury prone, or I could stay healthy and not do much of anything. And or how Jordan quickly Reed. have the have the wheels fallen off of that Redskins bandwagon? Because they were the number one team in the NFC East yeah. not so long ago. I mean, really, just a handful of weeks ago. They I know. Were, they were first I know. in the division. Early Early yep. in the season, like the first few weeks of the season, it looked like their defense was going to be good, and it is. When they when they beat the apart. Cowboys, when Dak fumbled in the end zone and they recovered it, they were the uh, they were the class of that division. Not so much anymore. Not so much anymore. So there you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. All right. Week 14 in review. I took a handful of storylines from the week, broke them down into good, bad, and weird. I'll go over them, and then we can kind of kick around. I'm just curious to get your thoughts on which ones you guys think were you know, were the best storylines, the worst, or the weirdest. And if there's one here I missed, feel free, obviously, to jump in and, and throw that in as well. So we'll start with the good. So I, I got four of them here. You got Amari Cooper's second 30-point game in three weeks. Just going nuts. Yeah, almost people. 50. Almost in, in PPR, PPR leagues, they gave, what, 47? 49, like 7. Uh, Josh Allen, who the last three weeks has averaged 10 yards per carry, and I believe he has almost as many rushing yards on the season as LaShawn McCoy now. That's nuts. Uh, the Giants' defense... They go over 15 fantasy points for the second straight week, which I think that was one we sort of predicted because uh, Washington was going to be bad. D, Jarvis Landry awakens. Hadn't had a touchdown since week seven. Had to a rushing and a receiving touchdown and almost had a passing touchdown mm-hmm. on those uh, of those four. So those are my four like kind of good stories for the week. If you had to pick one, Faz, that you think was kind of the best one. You know where I'm that, going. I mean, you're going to Mar- Come on, man. I'm going to Amari Cooper. And when the Cowboys made the trade, I'll never forget, I walked into the newsroom, and um, I think it was Emily. Uh, who, Social who, Emily? Who had said that the Cowboys had traded for, for Cooper, and I said, what did we give up? First-round pick, and I was like, oh, man. Which Because Roy Williams and Joey Galloway instantly jumped into my head. Well, and everyone thought that that was— I know, but— This like, is, this is a, a perfect both things can be true. I mean, Dallas paid too much for a receiver but that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was in the final year of his deal. They're going to have to pay him next year. They paid too much for Amari Cooper, and Amari Cooper has been a badass for them. Dude, <laughs> Both things can be true. he's got five touchdowns in his last two games. He's had a 180-yard game. He's had a 217-yard game, and he has not only improved that offense tenfold, but he's made Dak Prescott very fantasy-relevant once again. Uh, and at the same time, Cooper is no longer a guy that you ask, Graham, do I start him this week? Marcus, should I start Cooper this week? No. You just start He's him. in your lineup every single week. The whole stink of the, the silver and black is gone. Now, with that beautiful blue star on his helmet, Amari Cooper has reemerged and end up, he could end up being 
the fantasy football playoff MVP if he has a couple of good games. You've got the Colts next week. Could be a very high-scoring game. And then he's got the Bucks. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Amari Cooper becomes your fantasy playoff MVP. And I would, I'm trying to speak that into existence because it would be good for the Cowboys and we could potentially secure the NFC East, which we're close to doing. And uh, boy, it would be nice to see the Cowboys sneak into that three seed. I don't know if it's going to happen, but we shall see. Uh, all right. So the, of those four, Graham, is there one that stands out to you or is there one that maybe I, I missed that uh, you thought was big for this week? Just for what it's worth. Josh Allen does have more rushing yards than LaShawn McCoy. So he has more now. Yeah, it's insane. All right. I mean, that's, that's just, <laughs> it's wild. I mean, it's it's wild. But yeah, I mean, it was going to be Cooper for me, too. I, I'd like to personally apologize first to Amari Cooper. Um, for basically the entirety of his career, I kind of doubted him. And uh, it kind of became a running joke for me on Twitter. But that bit is over. Amari Cooper, I'm sorry. You are as good as uh, we thought you were when you came out of Alabama. You're as explosive as... As any player or any receiver in the NFL right now, it's uh, it's remarkable. I mean, Dallas has basically turned their season around from a bottom 10 offense to a top 12 offense just by adding Amari Cooper. It's it's incredible. It, it sort of begs the question, because obviously the, the overwhelming reaction was that Amari Cooper going to Dallas wasn't going to change much. You know, it's like he, he can't get separation. He's not going to get open. You know, Dak's not going to be able to help him all that much. Obviously, here we are, what, six weeks later, and we all have sort of egg on our face about yeah. this. So, uh, But it does beg the question, like, what exactly were the Raiders doing? Like, is Derek, <laughs> is how, it's more or less, is, is Derek Carr just that bad? Is it, is it, is it I mean, yeah, because it, it can't just be a, a Gruden thing because this Amari Cooper wasn't doing much even Last before season. John Gruden got there. So Last it can't season, just yeah. be that, you know, hey, the, the coaching staff. But it took, I mean, look at his it, numbers it, in Oakland like this season. 2-8, then he had 21, then he had 3-7, 26, then he had 2, uh, and then the big move. Yeah, like like to Marcus's point, before even this year, before the Raiders got Gruden in 2017, Cooper had 680 yards in 14 games. Is 642 and 6 right. for Dallas this year. It's not, it's not, like you said, it's not just a Gruden thing. It's more or less just like, I know we always want to say we want to take these talented players and put them in more advantageous situations. And rarely does it work out the way it's worked out for Amari. But like, right. this is genuinely one of those types of situations where Amari genuinely needed another, like a fresh start. Apparently and he's born. And that's what we talked about when the trade went down. I don't think any of us saw this coming. I didn't. And I'm a Cowboys homer. I didn't see this coming. I said, change of scenery is good. Maybe he sees a little uptick in value. I, I, w- I was projecting him as a wide receiver two three. Dude, now he's a one in fantasy. He's right now one. he is. He's a one. He absolutely is. He is and, and, you know, let, let's talk about the Cowboys defense, too. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, like they, it's all come together at the right time. They've been very good, obviously, all year long. And now they've kind of, I think, kicked it up. I think as they have, as this team has gotten hot and they're winning games, this defense, I think, has sort of gone next level. One other thing. You, you got so many good young players. You mentioned those numbers last year, Grandma, for, for Amari Cooper yardage-wise. Keep in mind. How much of them came in that one game? Yeah, that one Thursday night game against, against the Chiefs. Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, and yep. that was the bulk of them. And that was the game where they, the Chiefs basically they they put Cooper in the slot and like fifty percent of his roots or something like that, and right. they just decided not to cover him. Yeah. yeah, and if you remember, he had been bad, 
and so people were afraid to start him on that oh, Thursday yeah. night I, game. I believe I, uh, I believe I had him as a sit that week. I, I advised people to, to uh, avoid Amari Cooper. Look, though. Amari Cooper we, wasn't we all do it. had not been producing since like the middle of 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd been highly, highly inconsistent. We yeah. saw flashes of the talent, but he just never put it together. And he's gone to Dallas and fully put it together. Yeah, it's been it's been absolutely wild. All right, so that was the good. So now we're on to the bad. So the the things that happened that we maybe didn't see happening, uh, the things that might have uh, forced some folks out of the playoffs this year. So the first one, the Saints offense lets you down yet again, right? And this was supposed to be the bounce back week. They were playing the Buccaneers. Uh, they needed a win. I mean, they, they ended up getting a win. It wasn't pretty. And offensively, you know, Drew Brees was a disappointment. Alvin Kamara wasn't great. Mark Ingram got a touchdown, which sort of salvaged his day. But on the whole, it was not a huge day for the Saints offense. So that was one. Uh, Philip Rivers. We thought the Bengals were going to be that matchup that, you know, Rivers could just cruise against. It would be fine. He'd put up a whole bunch of points. He didn't really do that. I don't think he even got you to 15 fantasy points this week. Uh, it was kind of a slow week for him. Third. Bellatrix are back because now it's a couple weeks in a row that Sony Michelle has been underwhelming uh, this past week. James White, I think, got you less than 30 scrimmage yards total. Um, James Devlin is scoring touchdowns now. It's kind of a mess. And it looks like the Patriots running back situation is back to being uh, the same headache that it had been a couple of years ago. I mean, we'd gotten to a point where I think we had sort of figured it out and everything was fine. Now it's back to kind of being the bane of our existence yet again. And fourth, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley get shut down. Now, I I had kind of warned people about Goff this week, and you know we knew the Bears would be tough. I didn't think that Jared Goff would get you negative fantasy points. Yeah, uh, I didn't think Todd Gurley would be held to what about five six fantasy points. I mean, they were they were completely and utterly shut down. Mm-hmm. And chances are, if you had to play them this week, one or both of them probably really hurt your chances of, uh, of advancing to the second round of the playoffs. So I'll start with you, Graham. Which of those four, or if there's another one, uh, you think was the most impactful probably in a negative way this week all of them were incredibly (laughs) impactful I mean if you just look back I mean starting with the Saints if we look back over the last three games their touchdown scores are Dan Arnold Austin Carr Keith Kirkwood twice Mm -hmm. Tommy Lee Lewis and Zach Line obviously Drew Brees had the sneak Mark Ingram had the late score but I mean the last three weeks the Saints touchdown wise have not been what we were expecting since that Thursday or that Thanksgiving game pretty much it it hasn't been great yeah it's it's been a fantasy killer and I mean moving on to the Patriots I mean James White's snap rate has has fallen for five straight games. He has six or fewer touches in two of his last three. He's basically gone from a PPR stud to kind of just a flex play, like what we are used to out of James White at this point. I mean, it's it was a really brutal week 14 from the sense of we were relying on the Saints, relying on the Patriots, relying on the Rams. So many of these players have, have carried teams to fantasy the fantasy playoffs, and they all... Well, the thing about James White is that he really had been kind of the centerpiece of that offense. I mean, he was leading them in targets and catches. I mean, he had sort of been the engine of that Patriots offense until recent. I think he had one touch in the first half yesterday. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was it was ridiculous. And Marcus is making good points on all these. But the Saints is the one that surprises me the most. I'm not surprised Jared Goff had a bad game. Right. Because he's not good in the cold. And he's quickly gaining a reputation uh, as a quarterback who's not good in the cold. So if the Saints have home field advantage... They better jack up the air conditioning in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> if they play against the Rams, that'll be good. Get it down to about 30 degrees. But 
it, it's been it's been a, a complete reversal of fortunes because I mean Alvin Kamara every single week was almost guaranteed to give you over 20 fantasy points in his last four games 10 15 or last three games 10 15 and 15 not going to get it done from your first round pick Mark Ingram you mentioned it got into the end zone didn't have a huge game yardage wise Michael Thomas was very good in PPR leagues but over his last three games sort of overall been a little bit underwhelming and Drew Brees and I talked about it on TV. I said to trade him six weeks ago. In his last two games, he's averaged right around 10 fantasy points. And there's a stat that I knew about it. I didn't use it because I'm thinking, no, this is a bounce back game. It's got to happen. Breeze in the last three years, including yesterday, has averaged fewer than 10 fantasy points in Tampa Bay. Okay. I don't know why, because the Bucks defense has been <laughs> garbage, but it was like Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp out there, you know, in this contest. And Breeze could not get it done. And he is single-handedly at a position that's really deep. Probably cost you a chance at a championship because he gave you a stinker against the Cowboys and he stunk against the Buccaneers. And that's a big surprise to me because Breeze in that offense, especially after what they did to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that game was like, wow, this is the best team in the National Football League. They they have really hurt you, not only with uh, their lack of consistency, the lack of production from Breeze, but the fact that when the points did come, you mentioned it, you know, Arnold, Kirkwood, Zach Line scored Zach a touchdown. Line. Who are these guys? Give us some guys that were starting in our fantasy league. So the Saints have been a really, a really, I mean, they, they, they've won, but they certainly didn't win from a fantasy perspective. Crazily, all these odd guys scoring touchdowns and Taysom Hill hasn't been one of them. I know. <laughs> I kind of figured he would have been one. Yep. Because that's just the way the season is going. Uh, all right. So now on to the weird. Uh, just a bunch of just goofy things that, that you couldn't necessarily predict. Uh, one, the Derrick Henry 47-point explosion, which ended up being the same in both standard and PPR because he did not – I don't think he had a single target. I know he didn't – No, he pass. did. I think he got targeted like once or twice. He was five yards, Marcus, from breaking the record that Shannon Sharp <laughs> set in 2012 for receiving yards. You don't – like just bubble screen. Just throw it out there and let him run for five yards and he breaks the record and they don't do it. I don't know why. So, yeah, Derek – so that yeah, – Brandon Bolden scoring two touchdowns against the Patriots in a game. <laughs> no. Uh, How many people even knew that he was on the Dolphins? I didn't. You know, I honestly didn't. I saw Brandon Bolden score a touchdown, and I'm like, mm, Bellatrix, Scar. And I'm like, oh, wait, no. No, he's a Dolphin now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, George Kittle's tail of two halves, 210 yards in the first half, zero in the second. And then I mentioned earlier, Josh Johnson, a yeah. top three quarterback, coming in and like, Obviously, no one played him. No one expected him to play for Washington on Sunday. But he comes in after Mark Sanchez looks awful. Uh, Washington's getting blown out. So Johnson comes in. He's a top three quarterback. And now he's getting a start uh, coming up in week 15. Uh, Fabs, of those four things, which is the most like WTF of them (laughs) to you? It's got to be Derrick Henry to me because not only had he not produced big numbers all season long, but, you know, the Jaguars had given up, I think, four rushing touchdowns all year to running backs and they gave up four in one game. And he had that one big 99 yard run where he was basically punching Jaguars defenders <laughs> in the mouth and Jaguars defenders were missing tackles. It, it was, it was unreal, but the performance was, was phenomenal and very few people benefited from it. I mean, right. Al Bundy's four touchdowns in 1966 for Polk High. Derrick Henry's four touchdowns against the Jaguars. They helped about the same number of fantasy players because nobody was playing him because not only was he not producing huge numbers, but the matchup was bad. And I had our research guys look up. So we had 
Derrick Henry went for 238. Then we had Amari go for over 200, and we had George Kittle go for over 200. I was like, how many times has a running back had 200 and then two receivers had 200 uh, in the same week? And it looks like it's only happened a handful of times in, in, in the history of the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's happened twice since 2012. Before that, there was a game, 1985, or a week in 1985. Joe Morris. Okay. George Rogers. Uh-huh. Stefan Page. Wow. All and right. then Drew Hill <laughs> of the Houston Oilers. Yeah. So um, a, a very surprising stat line from Henry considering his lack of production. And I believe he went, Marcus, from at the time from low to mid 30s at running back to 16. Wow. Based I mean, on one had, game. He had not had a 60 yard rushing game all yeah. season. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it was. Yep. Uh, Graham, you're, 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 Big case of weirdness out of this uh, this group. Yeah, Henry went from the RB thirty nine to RB twenty one in PPR. Unreal, <laughs> unreal. It's gonna be hilarious when we're all looking back and being like, oh, he, he was a he was yeah, a top, Derrick Henry was an RB two this he's a, year. He's hey, a top twenty five running back. Yeah, yeah you know, that was great. Um, no, I, I mean, Derrick Henry. Based, I mean, if you trust the process here, Derrick Henry was a terrible fantasy of course player this it was. week against the Jags. I mean, Deion Lewis has been basically the lead back there all year. How, how can it not be Derrick Henry? I mean, like, w- what do you think? How many people do you think actually started him this past week? Now, I, I believe that yeah, the percentage, it, up, it was like 14 yeah. percent. But now I, I break that down because how many of those people were actually in their fantasy playoffs? How many, How many of, of those are active leagues? Right. How many were people who just like had quit and just never took Derrick Henry out of their yeah. lineup yeah. You know, on a weekly basis? I'd, ha- I'd have to bet the actual percentage for like a playoff team is like less than 5%. Oh, I would think so. I, yep. think, I think I saw, uh, I cannot remember who I saw it from, but I, I remember seeing a screenshot. Someone faced Cooper Kittle. Yeah, it was Ian Rappaport. Was, Ian Rappaport. was that it? Yeah. Was that was Ian Rappaport? Yeah. He faced Cooper Kittle and, and Henry. Henry. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine the and bad he, luck? And like, had, like, <laughs> that was like 300 points right there. Like. He said he was down 100 points and he had one of the best teams in the league going into the playoffs. Yeah. That's off. That's brutal. Luck. Not Andrew. That is bad absolutely luck. brutal. Yeah, it was It was funny because there was a weird It was a weird week also in the sense, and I didn't even put this in here, just the number of like vultured rushing touchdowns, you know, that that happened this week. I mean, you know, I mentioned the, the Brandon Bolden getting two. You know, you've got the Zach line, Zach line. You've got the Bears play action faking to Akeem Hicks only to throw it to a backup, you know, offensive, offensive lineman. lineman. You know, it's like it was a weird, weird week yep. fantasy wise. And so um, if you if you survived, congratulations, man, because between the you know injuries, guys missing weird touchdowns, uh, I think there are going to be a lot of really good fantasy teams that got bounced out of the playoffs this week. Yeah, especially, you know, and, and I thought of you, too, because you have the number one seed in our league. You have Todd Gurley. And boy, if you have Gurley and you didn't get a bye, that, I mean, that your season's over. And if you do have a bye, you dodged the biggest bullet in fantasy football this season. That's the big I think that's. I, you know, I know we put the, the Jared Goff and the Rams getting shut down as the bad, but like that was also just beyond bizarre. The Rams did not adjust in that game. Sean McVay did not adjust. They were getting basically their interior offensive line was just getting shredded the entire game and they yep. did nothing to adjust for that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's just a, a weird game. I mean, credit the bears obviously for coming up with a good game plan to slow them down, but it was just at some point you were just waiting for the Rams to, to do something right. You were waiting for Gurley to, to break a big play or, or maybe Robert Woods with a big catch and run. And it just never happened. Well, I mean, we've seen the Rams be able to adjust right there when you're getting destroyed through the interior, you want to check the ball down to your running back. You want to try to 
set up screens, get the ball over the middle, whatever the case may be. And the Rams didn't do that. It no. was, that was by far Sean McVay's worst game as a head coach in, in his you know short Rams tenure so far. Yeah, it uh, it was weird. And and again, if you had to play Todd Gurley or Jared Goff, uh, hopefully you, you you picked up some points from elsewhere to kind of mitigate what that happened because that, that, that wasn't great. Uh, you know, guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. Sort of like the time I think I tweaked my Achilles and I just sat there with an ice pack for two weeks and I'd be able to work through it. Uh, anyway, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash live, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that most guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's easy to take care of. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash live. That's GetRoman.com slash live for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash live. All right, so for those of you who survived playoff week one, although I guess there's still one more game to be played, so I'm I'm sure there could be some more weirdness that happens. But for those of you who are already locked in, you know you're making it to playoff week two. Figure we'd look ahead, and obviously we'll preview all the games when we get to Thursday. Um, oh, by the way, there are Saturday games this week. Yeah, too. there's two Saturday games, yep. So that's something to, uh, to kind of keep an eye on. There are a couple of Saturday games, so make sure you are prepared for that as well. But looking ahead, uh, we each picked a hero and a villain that we predict for week two of the fantasy football playoff season. And I'll start my my, my week two playoff hero is I'm going with Brandon Cooks. Um, one, because the, the Rams offense two weeks in a row has not been particularly great. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it was one. It was a little bit shocking. It was not shocking to see the Bears slow them down. A little bit surprising to see them sort of sputter against the Lions. But now they're back home. They're going to be back at the Coliseum on Sunday. I believe that's a Sunday night game against the Eagles, the same Eagles secondary that's been beat up all year. And we saw get torched by Amari Cooper. I see Brandon Cook sort of playing that Amari Cooper role in the Rams offense, being the deep threat, being the guy that they take some shots to down the field, and he can get behind that secondary. And I feel like Brandon Cooks is all set up to have a really big fantasy playoff week at a time where uh, certainly the Rams could use it, and I think a lot of folks with Brandon Cooks on their roster uh, could use it. Uh, Fabs. Russell Wilson, why? Uh, three words. Well, is it two words? San is San. San is one word. San. Francisco. That's that's what's one word also. 49ers. <laughs> okay, that's so that'd be three words. I'm going three words there and um it's because of the matchup. It's because Russell has owned the 49ers in his career and that's the matchup that I see uh Russell having. He is going to put up a monster monster stat line for you and Russell's always been a second half hero. It's ridiculous. It happens every single season. We talk about in the first half how we're worried about Russell. He's given you some inconsistent lines, and then the second half comes, and Russell turns into Superman. So 
I expect him to put up a nice stat line against that NFC West foe. I don't know what it is about Pete Carroll teams that just when it gets to November, they turn it on. It was the same when he was at USC. It's been the same in the NFL with the Seahawks. Something about the calendar flipping over to November, Pete Carroll teams just seem to turn it around. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Graham, who are you looking at? I'm just going to be lazy and take the uh, low-hanging fruit here and just say Mari Cooper. All right. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he gets the Colts next week. We don't think anybody in the Colts has anybody to even remotely close come close to covering him. And uh, he's been the most explosive playmaker in the NFL, basically outside of Tyree Kill since Dallas traded for him. Yeah. No, I have no problem with low-hanging fruit. It's just as tasty as regular fruit, and you don't have to climb quite as far. Uh, so it's fine. It's a fair point. Yeah, you know? All right, so the flip side, if there are going to be heroes, there are going to be villains. And my villain, potentially for next week in the fantasy playoffs, Andrew Luck. Um, you know, I know he's had a bunch of good games, but... He's got the Cowboys, and it's a, a really hot Cowboy team with something to play for. And you know, credit credit the Dallas defense because early on in that game, they kind of kept that thing close while the offense was just blowing chances. I mean, they dominated the ball, uh, but they couldn't really score. They were settling for a bunch of field goals. And the defense really clamped down on the Eagles and, and kept that thing where the Cowboys were in the lead for a long portion of it and finally just made some plays down the stretch. And I just think they're going to get after Andrew Luck. Uh, I think that it, it, yeah, maybe he gives you a decent number, but it's not going to be a spectacular number. And I think if that's what you're needing to get through potentially to your fantasy Super Bowl, I think the, the Cowboys may make life tough on, on Andrew Luck this week. So there you go. You know what? When we do our Facebook thing this week, mm-hmm. I'm wearing an Andrew Luck jersey. Good luck to you. You know I'm going to do it. I did it Sproles last week. Right, reverse scored, jinx. He scored a touchdown. He scored, and I tweeted you, mm-hmm. and we still won. This is five weeks in a row, man. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I, uh, I know I get it. The Cowboys' defense is really good. Andrew Luck's also really good at home. Really good. So we'll see. All right. Uh, who's your uh, your villain for the week? Kenny Galladay, who I told you to sit against the Cardinals. And if you look at his matchups, dude, he has got three tough matchups, including the one that he just had against Patrick Peterson um, over the next couple of weeks. Stafford's lost in that offense. They don't, I mean, Zach Zenner, really? <laughs> we all like LeGarrette Plunt, and they gave the ball to Zenner. So now everyone's going to freak out. There's no one in Detroit you could start with any kind of confidence, including Galladay. He's got really bad matchups the next couple of weeks. I believe this week coming up, he's got Tredavious White. So Galladay is now someone that, as great as he looked at different times of the season, you simply cannot trust. And I also think that, and we talked about this last week on the podcast too. Not only are you looking at points of production, you're also looking at teams that that have sort of like tanked, right? The Lions are a team that's that's. I mean, they're just they're just they're not any good. The Cardinals aren't any good. Uh, you know, Atlanta they, they had sort of been tanking too. You know, Ryan had a, had a, a couple of late touchdowns and ended up with a decent stat line. But a lot of their players haven't been producing as well. So for a Lions team that has nothing to play for and uh, a, a bad matchup across the board here. Galladay is someone that I, I I fear starting the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean he's been so good for so long this season, but it, it has kind of come crashing down the last yep. few weeks. I think you know losing Marvin Jones certainly I think had an impact there. Uh, Graham, who's your villain for for playoff week two? Has to be Cam Newton um, dealing with a sore shoulder. Good call not, by you. Yeah, by the way, has not has not looked right um, during the Panthers five game losing stretch. He's averaged only twenty six rushing yards per game. In his prior uh, games of the rest of the season, he was at around 46 rushing yards per game. The Saints, uh, the, 
the Panthers get the Saints in week 15, and the Saints have not allowed a top 10 quarterback in their last five games. They've held um, uh, pretty much every quarterback, the last five quarterbacks they've faced to under 18 fantasy points. I believe Matt Ryan needed 47 pass attempts to get to the QB 11 finish when the Falcons played the Saints back in week 12 on Thanksgiving. I mean, you got to be if you're if you're playing this deep in the playoffs right now, Cam Newton cannot be your starting quarterback. No, imagine that. And it's wild because he was in the midst of, uh, I mean, really one of the best seasons, maybe the best season he's had since his MVP season a couple years. Absolutely. And the other thing, too, we and we had talked about this probably about midway through the season, his playoff schedule. It was great. So good. It was. It was great. So good. Yeah. And uh, just he just has not been healthy, although it. There's been really good things for uh, Christian McCaffrey. So I mean, the upside. It, basically, that entire game they allowed. They, he did not throw deep all, but basically the entire game except for one play, and it was wildly inaccurate. I mean, they just checked the ball down to McCaffrey. They checked it to Samuel. Ian Thomas's average depth of the target was like two yards. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's. Well, the last they've really had to condense that playbook because of Cam. The last Cam two Shorten. weeks, they've brought in Taylor Heineke to throw you know, end of half Hail Marys. I mean, that's that's where <laughs> we are right now. Heineke, I love that. That's where we are right now. So uh, so good luck to you if you made it through. But for those of you who didn't, I'm sure you have hit me up probably with some Monday moaning tweets. Uh, Eddie, I, I would assume that we had a, a few sad, sad tales on Twitter today. Of course, I can mention mine. I, I uh, did not. I picked up the Giants defense, but I did not play them. And uh, I'm probably going to get blown out anyway, but it would have been nice to have my optimal lineup in. So right. I can start off with that one. Let's do a quick uh, look at the waiver wire, too, before, oh, that's before right. we go into that. Wire. So, so Josh Allen has got to be on the list. Elijah McGuire has got to be on the list. If Doug Martin's out there, Bengals this week, he's got to be on the list. Chris Connolly, Chris Ivory, if you're really hurting. Um, you can also Kenny Stills, right? Curtis Samuel, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, Ian Thomas is another guy. And uh, and I'm, I'm sure I, I missed a couple here. Defensively, Seahawks and Buffalo. So you mentioned Kenny Stills. Yes. Two games in a row. He's, <sighs> I, I'm just saying the points had, have been there. He had a touchdown two weeks ago, but he had like 37 yards. Right. I just... I don't know. I just don't know what to think with this with this Miami. Yeah, offense. they get the Jags and the Vikings in their next two games too. I just I don't know what to think about this Miami offense. I, I can't with them. Um, you know, like Kenyon Drake ends up with a decent day, but because he scores a touchdown on that last yeah, play he of the did game, nothing. He had seven touches total. He just one of them happened to be like a sixty yard touchdown yep. on a broken you know hook and lateral. Like we're just gonna throw the ball around and, and try to get in the end zone sort of play. And if Gronk doesn't stumble and fall, then who knows what happens there? Yeah, it's funny too because you know when you hear that term hook and ladder, what do you think of? Well, I think of the Chargers. Well, actually, I actually, actually nowadays I no? think more of Boise State. I think of Boise State too. See, no, Boise, Boise State in the yep. Fiesta Bowl. Yep. For me, I I think of the Dolphins against the then San Diego Chargers. Uh, yeah, I mean, in that epic game in the playoffs, two eighty three, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, nowadays, I just think of Boise State and the, the the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma, and then Ian Johnson proposing to his cheerleader. I think about right that too. That. I know it's so random. Like, why would I remember the <laughs> random dude proposing to this cheerleader? But I remember the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, funny story about that. I actually remember watching that game and almost leaving because uh, Boise State's quarterback threw a pick six late, and I thought, well. They had a good run. I think I'm going to go out and take a walk. I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll just stick around and watch the end of that game. And boy, was I glad I did. So there we go. Uh, all right. Let's see. Now we get the Monday morning tweets. Uh, so a couple of brutal ones this week. We'll start off with this one from Brandy Parker. Played Todd Gurley. Got 17.8 fantasy points. Thought I had the league's number one running back. Uh, no, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, 
you, you weren't going to sit Todd Gurley because, you know, Todd Gurley. But, you know, against the Bears, it was always in the realm of possibility. Uh, stick with the Rams here. M. Boucher wrote Goff minus six. Lost be my matchup. Lamar Jackson in this place would have won it handily. <laughs> minus six, man. That must be a really that's a rough scoring that, system. That's really hard on interceptions. Yep, man. That's a rough scoring system. Uh, go to defense now from Faisal Morali said, I sat the Bears defense, started the Saints, 22 points on my bench. Yep. I, hey, I would have done the same thing. The Saints were a good play this week. And they ended up with a decent stat line. Just you know, the Bears went nuts. Daniel Ramirez wrote, the only guy I held in my fantasy from beginning to end. I benched Kenyon Drake for LaShawn McCoy, 0.1 points today <laughs> when, I needed to, when I needed 12 points to win my playoff matchup. Uh, There's yeah. nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I mean, McCoy obviously hurts his hamstring in the middle of the game. Drake has the miracle play to basically buoy what was a horrible game for him. Uh, mm-hmm. There's nothing you could do. Yeah. AM Hubs wrote, I played Brandon Cooks over Amari Cooper. Yikes. Uh, yeah. I mean, again. I think I had I had Cooper ranked ahead of him, but they were close. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know really how to feel about that one. Like, that's that's a coin flip, and it yeah. just didn't go your way. Yeah. Then we can end with this one because it could lead into the conversation that's come up a bunch here on this show about kickers. Um, been in first place the entire season at ten and three, and in the first round of the playoffs, I lose by one point because of Greg Zerline's missed field goal. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a bad day to be a kicker unless yeah, your was- name was Mike Badgley, and I think Brett Mayer had a had a nice one too for the Pokes. So. I still love kickers. I don't care what anybody says. I, I, mean, I think I it's love fine. Them. I think I think what I don't understand, and I know we've talked about this, is that a kicker misses a field goal or an extra point, and everybody's like, "Ban kickers!" And I'm like, that would be like if you know, hey, Jared Goff threw four interceptions. We're not trying to ban quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? So, Although some people may have hoped uh, and wished that he was banned well, after that game last night, that least, cost him at least for that week. Yeah, for sure. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, oh, quick note that just came across here: uh, Harbaugh not committing to Joe Flacco as the starter. I really feel like. I really feel like John Harbaugh does, doesn't want to just come out and say, hey, Lamar Jackson's our guy. They want to keep kind of right. dancing around it. Like, just. Well, because then defenses kind of have to, well, maybe they're going to use Flacco as well, preparation. But he's the dude. Yeah. He's the dude. And uh, wait, someone just. Uh, MRI, um, Eddie said? Yeah, Ian Rapport just tweeted Jordan Reed's going in uh, for an MRI. All right. Well, that's uh, Yeah, I know. It just it took until week 14. So. There you go. Uh, let's see. Do we have any? I don't know if we have any Twitter questions uh, or, or or anything like that. Otherwise, we can just, uh, you know, wish everybody luck as we get to ready for week two of the playoffs. So that'll, uh, that'll kind of wrap things up for us. Uh, as always, glad you're listening. Congratulations to you guys who made it through. Uh, at some point, we should start doing, you know, way too early rankings for next year for all the folks who are no longer in the playoffs. So we can start kind of picking out who the quarterbacks, running backs, all that stuff are. Yeah, we got Keepers, keepers, we'll, all kinds of stuff. We'll start doing all that probably next week. So, what offseason? Uh, even if you are not in your fantasy playoffs, there's a reason for you to keep on coming back. Other than listening to the sweet sound of our voices, because I know that that uh, is what gets you guys up in the morning. So uh, that'll do it. As always, remember, friends don't let friends do stupid things alone. See you on Thursday. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.